There are so many religions in the world. How are they similar and how are they different? We need to know. The culturally correct view is to blend them all together as equally relevant and legitimate. But is that true? Prior to becoming a follower of Jesus, your host, Mike Shreve, was an avid seeker of truth, exploring many paths to spirituality. One of his passions now is to help bridge the gap so that others can discover the true light, which gives light to everyone entering the world. Now, here's Mike Shreve revealing the true light. Welcome to Revealing the True Light. We're going to be covering a very intriguing and mysterious subject on this particular episode. What is nirvana? That is a term drawn from Buddhism. It's the highest spiritual state attainable according to the teachings of the Buddha. Now, if you were to go and find a definition of nirvana online, you would probably discover something like this. Nirvana is a transcendent state where there is neither suffering nor desire nor sense of self, and the individual is so affected by this experience of nirvana that he or she escapes the effects of karma and the cycle of rebirths. Let's go deeper. It comes from a Sanskrit word that means blowing out like the blowing out of a candle. In the Pali language, it is pronounced nibbana. According to Buddhist teachings, there are three fires that need to be extinguished for nirvana or enlightenment to take place. And they are, number one, greed or sensuality, which is termed raga. Number two, hatred, which is termed devesha. Number three, ignorance and delusion, which are termed avidya. And in other words, human beings are encased within this spiritual ignorance. They're locked within the prison of the five senses so that they live primarily for the gratification of those senses. And in order to achieve, quote-unquote, enlightenment, they must put out that fire of ignorance, that fire of hatred, prejudice, animosity toward others, and that fire of lust or desire that causes craving for things and for satisfaction from various uh, influences in this life. Now, the last on that list of three is avidya, which is wrong perceptions about yourself, wrong perceptions about life in general, wrong perceptions about ultimate reality. And in order to achieve nirvana, you must rid yourself of all these wrong perceptions. Now, in Buddhism, they teach that the way you accomplish that is primarily through meditation. In order to understand, though, how all of this is supposedly achieved according to that worldview, let's go a little bit deeper into the history of Buddhism and the history of Buddha. Originally, he was not known as the Buddha, which means the enlightened one. He was Siddhartha Gautama, and he was part of a royal family who lived within the confines of a royal palace, a compound that was a very protected space. 
And when he was 29, he ventured outside of that area and was shocked by what has been termed since the four sights. He saw an old man. He saw a sick man. He saw a corpse. And he saw an ascetic, which is like a Hindu holy man that uh, dedicates his life to seeking ultimate truth and withdraws from the world. He was shocked. He was jarred from a self-serving mentality and decided he was going to do whatever was necessary to find ultimate reality. And at the age of 29, he left his wife, his child, and the confines of that protected space and went into the woods to meditate for seven years. And when he was 36 years old, he claimed to experience nirvana under the Bodhi tree where he was meditating. For that reason, the Bodhi tree is a sacred tree in Buddhism. He came to these conclusions, and this is a necessary foundation for us to understand if we're going to really get a grip on what nirvana is supposed to be. He discovered or came to the revelation of what has since been called the Four Noble Truths. Number one, life is filled with suffering. Number two, the reason for suffering is desire. Even desire for things that people think are uh, not wrong to long for, like desire for a peaceful life, desire for a healthy body, desire for a fulfilling and, and uh, purposeful career, for instance. And and he, and he said, you've got to overcome suffering. This is number three, by overcoming desire. And then number four, you achieve that by something called the Noble Eightfold Path. And let me go ahead and read all of those eight steps in the Noble Eightfold Path that lead to nirvana, or this time where all these negative influences that keep you locked inside of this prison of flesh consciousness is uh, somehow broken open. The, the prison doors fly open and you experience ultimate reality. The noble eightfold path is right knowledge, right thought, right speech, right conduct, right livelihood, right effort, right mindfulness, and right meditation. All right, now that's what Buddha taught. Of course, as a Christian, as a follower of Jesus, I have a totally different perspective on these things because Buddhism is basically atheistic. Buddha taught against uh, trying to figure out the nature of an ultimate being. In fact, he taught that you have to give up a couple of ideas that are very essential in Christianity in order to achieve nirvana. And one is the belief that you have a soul, and the other is the belief that you, in a personal state, can experience heaven eternally. He said you've got to dismiss those ideas if you're going to achieve nirvana. Now, there's some other terms that are very important. And weave their way into this whole insight. In order to be free from wrong perceptions, you've got to comprehend something called anitya, which is the idea that 
Nothing is permanent. It's impermanence. Nothing that you see, nothing that you experience, even your own self, is permanent. It's all going to dissolve away. It's all going to uh, eventually disappear or cease to exist. And then the second concept that you have to embrace in order to ultimately achieve nirvana is anatta, which is the idea that you have no soul. No soul. Now, Hinduism teaches that you do have a soul. Of course, Christianity teaches that you do have a soul. Jesus emphasized that you do have a soul. And yet, books have been written about the parallel sayings of Jesus and the Buddha. Well, there's maybe some common elements that they talk concerning character, but concerning very important issues like the existence of the Creator and your own personal soul, Buddha took a totally different road altogether than the Lord Jesus Christ. So that's one uh, belief you have to uh, subscribe to, anatta, uh, that you have no soul in order to climb up this stairway that leads to nirvana. And then finally, you've got to give up shunyata, which is, or you've got to embrace the idea of shunyata, which is, the understanding that everything is empty, uh, and that includes your own personal existence and everything around you in the world, it's empty of any kind of uh, ultimate value. It's all empty. It's all going to perish. It's all going to pass away. Buddha warned of five mental hazards, and that uses a phrase that I think is very telling concerning that worldview. And I've already mentioned two of them, the idea that you have a soul and the idea that you can have a future home in heaven eternally. Those he termed mental hazards in order to achieve nirvana. Well, nirvana is, how can I say it? It's a state of passionless peace. It is a state of detached serenity. It is a a state of cessation of desire and freedom from both pain and pleasure. It's like the extinction of personal existence and the extinction of suffering because you resign yourself over to the idea, the belief, that none of this is permanent, all of it is empty of value and meaning, you do not have a soul, and you have to resign yourself over to those things to somehow accept reality as it is, and then you have the semblance of peace, but it's not the true peace of God by any means. It's not the peace that Jesus promised when he said, my peace I give unto you. It's the peace of accepting this very negative forecast of what existence really is and what the future holds. And my heart goes out to Buddhist people that commit themselves to lengthy periods of of meditation and devotion to Buddhist principles in order to hopefully achieve nirvana where they can escape the cycle of rebirths, where they can escape the effects of karma, which is all the negative uh, things that have happened in a previous life. Now, in Hinduism, 
It is taught that there is a soul that passes from one incarnation to the next. But Buddha didn't teach that. He taught, as I've mentioned, that we do not have a soul, but there are five skandhas. That's S-K-A-N-D-H-A, skandhas, which disassemble at death. And it's a brand new person that is incarnated with new skandhas that uh, form. And so there is an overload of negative karma from the previous existence, though, that you have to pay for. (laughs) If it's negative karma, you have to go through all the negative results of that karma. And that wasn't even you. That was another entity altogether, which seems to me a very unjust way of looking at the progression, the evolution of existence. How does the Bible respond to these kind of ideas? Well, again, nirvana means blowing out, like the blowing out of a candle. And it's a picture of the cessation or the ceasing of all suffering. Like a candle is blown out, the fire of greed is blown out, the fire of lust is blown out, the fire of of ignorance is blown out, and then you're reduced to this place of acceptance. And you can be at peace, and you can be compassionate toward others. That's heartbreaking to me that so many have embraced this worldview and by that belief have cut themselves off from the true ultimate reality, which is oneness with God, only achievable through the crucifixion resurrection, ascension, and enthronement of the Lord Jesus Christ. He is now enthroned in the celestial world, and when we receive him into our hearts as our Savior and Redeemer, he enthrones himself within our hearts, in a sense, and grants to us, are you ready for this, the gift of eternal life. Buddha says you will not exist beyond the confines of this life. You cease to exist as a personal being. But Jesus said you can live forever and not only live forever, but live forever in oneness or in a union, a spiritual union with the father of all creation. That is a far better scenario. Nirvana is not even a cheap counterfeit for what Christianity offers. It's a very depressing and negative forecast for the outcome of this journey through life. And again, my heart goes out to Buddhist people that are so committed to this. Some uh, commit themselves to monasteries where they live their entire lives doing meditation, not meditation like we do in a biblical sense, but meditation in order to empty the mind and somehow embrace higher spiritual truths that will allow them to reach that point of inspiration or enlightenment where these things that I mentioned, these concepts, these ideas become a reality that takes them over. Really, it's a deception that takes them over because it's based on things that are not true. For instance, impermanence, the idea that everything eventually will dissolve away and be no more, that nothing is permanent. Well, to a degree that's true. Our physical bodies will not last forever. They'll be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye and glorified at the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. 
The earth as we know it will not continue on forever. There will be a new heaven and a new earth, however, that are permanent. So there are permanent things that we can embrace and find security in that and find great peace in that, peace that passes understanding. See, God did not say that the human makeup is like a fire that needs to be put out. Quite the contrary. In Proverbs 20, 27, it says, the spirit of a man is the lamp of the Lord, searching all the inner depths of his heart. And God, our God, is a consuming fire. God wants to light that lamp and illuminate you within concerning the importance of the fact that Jesus tasted death for every man on the cross and that through that blood washing your soul clean, you can be free from all the sins of your past. See, you need your heart lit up with the fire of that revelation and the fire of the knowledge of God. So what is nirvana? Nirvana is a state of mind, a state of of, uh, realization, if you will, concerning certain concepts that are not true. And so nirvana is not the goal. The goal is being born again. Jesus said, except a man be born again, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. He said, except a man be born again, he can't even understand the kingdom of God. Read John chapter 3. You'll see in his conversation with Nicodemus that you have to have this spiritual rebirth to even comprehend what truth is all about. If you don't have it, you may go out in the woods like Siddhartha Gautama did for seven years and ponder mysteries and never come to the right final solution. You have to have an encounter with the Lord Jesus Christ for that to happen. And praise God is available because spiritual rebirth happens when he enters into your heart. The Bible says in Revelation chapter 3, and this is Jesus speaking, Behold, I stand at the door and knock, and if any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come into him. And so he's knocking at the door of your heart right now. If you are not a Christian, if you have not become a follower of Jesus, if you feel that nirvana is your goal in life, I challenge you to at least try opening your heart to Jesus. He's standing at the door knocking right now. Just open the door and say, Jesus, if you are the Savior of the world, if you rose from the dead, and if you are the embodiment of God, the incarnation of God, the image of God, Reveal yourself to me right now, and I guarantee you, just as he did for me over 50 years ago when I was a teacher of yoga at four universities, so he will reveal himself to you. Just ask. Now, I have a couple of things I want to mention to you. First of all, you can get a free copy of my book called The Highest Adventure, Encountering God by going to our website, thetruelight.net, and it's there available in eight languages besides English. And so I would urge you to go to thetruelight.net. And also, I have a larger book, much larger, 336 pages of comparative religion, comparing over 20 religions. And I go into much greater depth about the teachings of the Buddha and many other religions. And you can compare that to Christianity and see the uniqueness 
of the Lord Jesus Christ. And this is available on the truelight.net. I also have another podcast that is primarily a Bible teaching for believers, and it's called Discover Your Spiritual Identity. To figure out how to subscribe to that, you can go to my website, shreveministries.org. That's S-H-R-E-V-E, shreveministries.org. And look under media, go down to podcasts, and the information on how to subscribe is there. Thank you for joining me, and God bless you. Thank you for joining Mike Shreve today on Revealing the True Light. And thank you for opening your mind and your heart to the truth. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes, cpnshows.com, or wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss new episodes. You can explore the beliefs of many world religions more deeply by ordering Mike Shree's book titled In Search of the True Light. We also invite you to visit our website, thetruelight.net, and sign up to be part of our global internet family.